Make way for Rabia. Is it time for what the f- Good morning everyone. You are listening to What the f- episode 13. Our life decisions, our career choices, our principles, our tastes, our obsessions and our fields of interest do not randomly fall from the sky. It's always the personal experience of each one of us that plays a major role in determining what things we are going to be drawn to and what other things we are going to be repulsed by. In some cases, these connections are obvious. For example, the classic case of the medical researcher who spends their life looking for a cure against cancer because cancer has caused the death of a close relative when they were children. Or maybe the professional athlete who grew up in a family of sports fanatics and wanted nothing more than to make their parents proud. In most cases, however, that connection is not obvious at all. In fact, most of the time, our life choices and obsessions are only the signs of an unsuspected subconscious life that exists in each and every one of us. It was philosophers and early psychologists of the 19th century who started to understand this quite well. For example, if you read an author coming up with theories about reality to explain to us how the world works, you'll always find that their theories tell us much more about their own personal struggles than about the world or reality themselves. An author obsessed with the idea of social justice, for example, is often someone who is subconsciously guilty of being born privileged or maybe subconsciously resentful for having been born powerless. But in some instances, when that personal struggle is intense, it turns into a defense mechanism we call reaction formation. Reaction formations are fascinating because they make a person think and behave in the exact opposite way that they truly think and feel. Think about it. If someone is obsessed with the religious idea of sin, for example, it's always because they are themselves too scared of their own tendencies to do bad things. Otherwise, why would they care so much? Or if someone is a very vocal and extreme homophobe, it's always a defense mechanism against homosexual tendencies they suspect in themselves. Otherwise, Why would they care so much? Again. You get the idea, right? And here's the thing. Reaction formations are far more common than one might suspect. And once we learn to detect them, they can be a lot of fun. Because such defense mechanisms don't only work on individuals. They also take over whole cultures and all of humanity. For example, The way we speak about other animals is nothing but a defense mechanism against our own animality, our refusal to accept that we are just another animal species, like all the other ones. So we put ourselves in one category, human beings, and all the other animals in another category, animals. But if you think about it, what does a mosquito, a lobster, and a dog have in common? Almost nothing. And arguably, there are many more things in common between a human being and a dog than between a dog and a lobster. And yet, reaction formation says human beings on one side and all animals on the other. And you know what? 
it gets even funnier. And like I promised, it's going to get pretty funny and pretty ridiculous. Because let us think about the word human. What does it really mean? Here's an example. Remember that movie Downfall, a historical drama about Hitler that came out sometime in the early 2000s, maybe mid-2000s? One of the main criticisms against the movie then was the fact that it humanized Hitler. It portrayed him as a human instead of portraying him as the real monster, the beast, the animal that he actually was. When I first read these criticisms, my reaction was, humanizing Hitler? What the f is wrong with you? Because think about it. What does the word humanizing imply? It basically implies that humans only have good qualities like kindness, justice, care, generosity, empathy, solidarity, love, sacrifice. And that all the bad qualities like violence, injustice, cruelty, rage, degenerescence are not human. Rather, they belong to the uncivilized and inhumane world of animals and wild beasts. The denial is so strong, so ridiculous, that it has infiltrated and occupied all of our language and thoughts. So we say things like, stop behaving like an animal, whenever someone does anything that we hate to admit is part of our humanity. And so we tell ourselves stories about the big bad wolf who is out to eat the poor little red riding hood, the poor little pigs, and the poor little lamb. In reality, wolves do not attack people. People shoot wolves, and wolves only kill pigs and lambs in order not to starve. We, on the other hand, humans, kill and enslave and breed to kill every other species for gluttony, for sport, for entertainment and clothing. Or remember that movie Jaws about the shark, the terror of the sea, the world's most dangerous killer? Well, guess what? Every year, an average of 10 people get killed by sharks. And mind you, this happens in the sea, in the shark's own home, and only when the shark mistakes the human for a seal or something. On the other hand, human beings kill 100 million sharks every year. 100 f***ing million. And then we say sharks are the world's most dangerous killers. Even when it comes to sexuality, we say things like, ah, oh, they're acting like rabbits, or they're f***ing like animals. But in reality, other animals don't care about sex. They don't have a perverse relationship with sexuality at all. It's actually very ordered, limited to the mating season, and destined for most species at least to simply procreate. Human beings, on the other hand, are the only species that is so obsessed with sexuality that our whole life revolves around it. Not other animals. In short, when we describe animals and beastly behavior, we are always doing nothing but describing ourselves. We are describing the qualities we hate the most about ourselves. Because we are by far the most gratuitously cruel, the most vicious, the most mean, the most calculating, and the most perverse species on the planet. And that's the power of reaction formation. It's denial at its most powerful form.
And until we acknowledge our own problems, at a human, cultural and individual level, there is no fixing anything. So the next time you see someone who keeps lecturing you about happiness, about health, about wellness, about positivity, read between the lines and understand that their obsession says so much more about their own struggles than about whatever advice they are trying to give you. Because happy people never talk about happiness. Positive people don't need to remind themselves to be positive all the time. Healthy people don't constantly lecture you about what to eat and what not to eat. And Zen, balanced people are not obsessed with yoga and meditation. That's the sad reality. And like I said, until we acknowledge our own problems, until we face them, until we look at all our reaction formations in the f***ing face, there is no fixing anything. So good luck! Je vous aime. That was What the F*** with Rabia. <laughs> you can't say this happy.